I really want to help people be the best versions of themselves and to help them accomplish and achieve their goals. Like as a coach, what makes me tick is when I when people come up to me and tell me they're able to achieve their goals or I changed their life in some kind of way. Like that to me is just everything. That was Matt Wilpers. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, Marnie on the Move listeners. Thanks for tuning in. How was your weekend? Anyone training for big races? Setting new fitness goals for fall? I want to know. DM or email me. And of course, if you have any other questions for me or any of my guests, you know the drill. Hit me up at MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to leave a review on Apple. It's easy. Just scroll through the podcast list, click on Write a Review, and tell me what you love and leave five stars. As you may have heard on last week's episode, I am training for the TCS New York City Marathon. So I literally had to switch gears this weekend and drop my 65-mile ride for a 14-mile run. I was planning to do a century or something close to that distance this fall, but running is really my first love. So when the opportunity arose, I had to take it. So here I am, marathoning. And so is today's guest, Matt Wilpers. Matt Wilpers is a globally renowned group fitness instructor and running coach. Thanks to his wildly popular fitness programs and classes at Peloton and his HBO run coaching gig with Lena Dunham for her popular TV show, Girls, while coaching at Mile High Run Club. For Matt, Peloton and his private coaching are not just his job. Fitness and sports have always been a way of life. He was born into skiing. He grew up on the ski slopes thanks to his mother, who worked as a ski patroller throughout his childhood. Flash forward to his college years, Matt went on to be an NCAA Division I cross-country and track athlete at Georgia State University and continued running recreationally after college when he moved to New York City to pursue a career in accounting. But that all changed for Matt after a running injury forced him to switch gears. His coaching career really began when he signed up for his first spin class. It's also when his category for bike racing and triathlon racing began. Today, it is Matt's single focus to use his passion and love of sports and fitness to inspire and empower people through being active. He is a senior instructor at Peloton and has a private run coaching business to fuel runners for success. He also recently worked with the Peloton team to develop their new audio marathon coaching program. If you don't already own a Peloton bike or tread or haven't taken one of these amazing classes, I suggest you try them out. Peloton is a global interactive fitness platform that brings the energy and benefits of studio style workouts to the convenience and comfort of home. With thousands of live and on-demand classes, Taught by a roster of elite instructors, Peloton delivers real-time motivation and curated playlists from the world's best artists. The brand's immersive content is accessible through the Peloton Bike, the Peloton Tread, and Peloton Digital, which provide a full slate of fitness offerings wherever you are. Matt has been coaching runners and cyclists of all ability levels since June of 2008. He believes that a technical and hands-on coaching approach in combination with a fun and positive training atmosphere brings out the best performance in his athletes. He has a huge portfolio of certifications, including NASM Personal Training, RRCA Run Coaching, Schwinn Certified Indoor Cycling, Ironman, USA Cycling Level 3, and more. You can find them all on his website, mattwilpers.com. On today's episode, we talk about Matt's love of sports and where athleticism began for him, 
his passion for coaching and helping others achieve their goals, his training philosophy, how he turned his love and passion for sports into his career. We discuss some of his amazing classes and programs at Peloton. And of course, we do a deep dive into Power Zone training, FTP, and TSS. And he also shares some of his favorite books. I hope you enjoy the episode. Now on to the show. But before we get started, today's episode is fueled by Sun Potion. I am such a huge fan of their super high quality organic tonic herbs, mushrooms, and superfoods. I have been using a variety of their transformational foods and supplements for the past three years. They have been major game changers for my overall health and wellness. Lately, I have been using the pine pollen and ashwagandha for hormones and balance, chaga for my immune system, and my favorite, cordyceps, for extra energy pre-workout. I simply add them to my coffee or my smoothie every day, and I'm on the move. Head over to their website, sumpotion.com, and use the code MARNIEONTHEMOVE for 10% off. Now, on to the episode. All right, so I'm talking in my phone voice. Your my phone other, voice? My other career. <laughs> I think I have one voice, and that's just what it is. I should be like a, um, what do they call it, a meditation coach or something. Yeah. Welcome. Give me like, do it. Welcome. Welcome to Matt Wilper's 10-Minute Meditation. Today we're, today we're going to be talking about mindfulness and deep breathing. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I've, I've since started taking meditation classes and oh, it's really? all about the breath about a year year and a half ago I had an unfortunate stint with anxiety and panic attacks and that's why I just that's when the, uh, finally got diagnosed after four trips to the hospital I remember that and they were like you have panic disorder I was like what what the heck is that and like called my parents I'm like oh my gosh I have panic disorder and they're like okay and they don't even know what that means. Like, they didn't know what it means. And I didn't know what it really means. And then before I knew, I was just like, it, it healed like it healed like a wound. At first, it was like, it affected every day of my life. I was totally not functional. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, uh, it healed up. And to the point where it's like, here and there, I have there's like certain triggers, but it's just controlling it. Awesome. And meditation was one of the things that helped me control it. I know a lot of people that have that. So it's good to know that meditation yeah, really works. I mean, it it's does. like the it's like the last frontier for me in terms yeah. of like everything else that I do from training and working out. And speaking of training, I am so excited. It has been, I mean, we know each other forever. Yeah. And uh, so welcome to the podcast studio for Marnie on the Move. Oh, here we go. Let's yeah, do this. Let's We've been do trying it. to plan this forever. I know. At least since <laughs> I, so you were like... It was since I started, since my first episode, but, but I think the timing is right because, I mean, you're rocking the sports and wellness and athletic fitness vibes and uh, you're doing really well in your career. So That's, Things are going well. Knock on wood. Yeah, so you are the ultimate athlete. Like every time I see you... Uh, there's always <laughs> someone better, that's for sure. Okay, well... In an attempt of being modest, fine. I will give you that. But you really are a great athlete yeah, and, you know, you've done everything from... Hella skiing. Oh, yeah. To distance running, triathlon, cycling. Is there anything else? <laughs> oh, man. On the hella skiing front, it was the trip I went on was ski touring, where you're, uh, they, they take you in a helicopter back to this uh, lodge in the middle of the mountains and you stay there for a week. And the whole place is like powered by hydroelectric power and fire. And it's just really rustic and cool. But then you're doing, you're hiking up, basically, it's called earning your turns. You hike up the mountain and then with skins on the bottom of your skis, take the skins off and ski down. And it's really cool experience analyzing snowpack, like learning how, like what that is. And then eventually I started reading books on it. I'm like, that's really cool. Have you been skiing your whole life? I've been skiing my whole life. My mom was a ski patroller growing up. And so she got, my sister and I started real early. And I'm so thankful that she did because now I don't have to think about it. I just go. And so it's definitely a big passion of mine. Yeah, I love it. My parents were, they quickly realized that my sister and I were so full of energy. They're like, if we don't do something with these kids and and actually put them outside, put them on teams and beat it out of them, they're going to get into a lot of trouble. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Georgia. In Georgia. So I was born in Ohio, raised in Georgia, Marietta, Georgia. And um, it's just my sister and I, she's two years older than I am. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, we, I, we competed in everything. So where, like, where did athletics begin for you, truly? Since wow. I was like probably born. I don't okay, know. so let's say you were a D1 athlete in yeah, college, yeah, right? Was. So you started 
seriously becoming i'm sure you were very well i don't know were you yeah. very athletic well, before that i mean I how up, did you get we're to pretty running? much a soccer family okay and then soccer eventually my sister was i got to high school my sister's like you have to you know if you want to be in really good shape for the soccer season you should do cross country in the fall and then soccer in the spring so i'm like that sounds like a great idea is she older or younger two years older okay older and wiser okay and she got me to do cross country in the fall and then soccer in the spring and i quickly realized that I really liked the people in, that were runners. And I really connected with them more than I connected with the soccer community, I felt like. And that's how I got started running. And I eventually decided that I wanted to, to run competitively more than I wanted to play soccer. And one day I was out training for soccer, going on a, a training run down at my favorite place. It's called Columns Drive. It's in East Cobb. And, and I ran into the Georgia State cross-country and track coach. And he invited me to, uh, to consider running for Georgia State. That was the beginning of going to school and running instead of playing soccer. Like all the guys I was playing soccer with ended up playing soccer in college. And a lot of, actually some of them played at Georgia State, uh, but I, I decided to run. And so what is it about running that you love so much? I don't, it's, it's one of, it's like mental, it's physical, it's, uh, it's the people. It's a lot of those things. I've always been a big fan of like, you know, the saying sharp body, sharp mind. And it's just like being fit. And having fitness in your life is so important to everything else in your life. It just makes everything else great. And um, running is just so pure. It's, there's, there's limited politics. Y- your time is your time. There's, yeah. no, there's no fudging of that. And, it's um, all in the numbers. <laughs> yeah, and, and just learning how to push yourself. And really, it's not a matter of like um, in, in soccer and everything else. Like that's, uh, that's, I always go back to soccer because that's what I, I grew up doing. It's right. just like you're very much reliant on your team. And, and, and running, it's very much like learning how to push your own limits. Yeah. And that's why I've, I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed the, the self-introspect, I guess. Of yeah. It. I mean, I feel like as a runner, there's always something that I can push through. Like today yeah. it was started my day and I was going for a run at 7 a.m. And then I ended up running at 11 and it was 85 degrees out yeah. and hot. And I had a distance that I wanted to do. And yeah. And I kept telling myself, like, you can't do that distance because it's so hot out. I took a salt tablet and I just went and I did the distance and I was like super challenged and yeah. you know and it was only <laughs> it was only eight miles but there's something about everything in running i think that there's always a challenge like whether you're running a mile a marathon yeah there's always something you can find to like push oh, through or sure. learn do you feel like that too i mean oh for sure and and for me a big part of it's like when i go running i come back and like i've, I've realized later in life i've had attention issues because of whatever and running helps me sort of focus yeah. So I come back from a run and I'm like this whole new person that can focus and calm down. Like, so it's almost like my own medicine. It's almost know? like a moving, it's like a moving meditation. I think it that's is. why I haven't really it gotten is a into moving meditation. That's right. Yeah. I haven't gotten into meditation cause I feel like I do enough of it running, but I also think that like there's something valuable in sitting quietly and just like thinking yeah. differently than running. But so how did you get into triathlon? I mean, you were a runner in college, you were doing, you were doing cross country. Yep. I did cross country and track in college. We had cross country in the fall, indoor track, then outdoor track. And summertime was training for outdoor cross country. It was just one giant circle. So you're a runner, you're in college, yep. you're, that's your sport. But so when did you start doing triathlon? Triathlon came much later. I got out of college and decided that I wanted to explore running longer distances. So I started uh, racing half marathons and eventually marathons. And I, that was a huge learning curve. And then um, I got injured. I qualified for Boston, and then I, I decided that I was just going to blow this out of the water. And that's when I learned that you can't just go out and hammer every run and, and crush it all the time. Your body Why not? Your body just won't, <laughs> won't do that. And, uh, it's, it, and so I ended up getting really injured uh, to the point where I almost tore, tore my Achilles. How old were you? Right uh, out of college? Or? Right out of college. And so that sidelined me, and uh, that's actually how I started coaching. Cause I was just like, I need to live my athletic life through someone else because I can't do it right now. I was very frustrated. Right. I uh, went to a spin class at Equinox and there was Laura Kozik <laughs> and, uh, and she was just like, you look like you know what you're doing on the bike. She goes, you should bike, you should race. I'm like, huh? Okay. So my first bonus came from working in the accounting finance world. And I went out and bought a road bike. My first race, I came in dead last. And then my second race, I got third. Simpl- what was your first race? 
Do you remember? Oh, yeah. It was Prospect Park in Brooklyn. That was your first triathlon? Oh, no, no. That was bike oh, racing. bike racing. Bike racing. Okay. So it, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bike racing. So, so you started before triathlon. You were cycling. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Bike racing. Got into bike racing. And then I raced competitively uh, for about a year or two. And then I just... And then bike racing... Then I started becoming aware of the dangers of bike racing. So you were racing, racing. Yeah, yeah racing, racing, like, category racing. Yeah. I, was, I got on a Cat 4, and then, and then it became, okay, do you have the time to commit to all these races to get to Cat 3, Cat 2, all those other things? And I was like, yeah. I just can't race enough to get down. I don't have the time. So I was like, I'm starting to miss running. At the, after college, after running in college, you're kind of burned out. You're kind of like, okay, well, I moved to New York City. I joined the Central Park Track Club, and... These guys and girls are just the Central Park Track Club. Yeah, they they are they were hardcore and like awesome. And then there's the New York Athletic Club and all. And then like I, I was I had had that experience that life experience in college. I'm like okay, I need something different. And and uh, that's when I got into uh, cycling. And then cycling once I once I realized I was like okay, well, I don't really want to go to those next categories. Let's marry running and cycling together and because mm-hmm. that seems like a, a great lifestyle and unfortunately yeah. i'll have to learn how to swim that is exactly how i feel it was like the reason that yeah. i swim is because i really like doing you know i really like cycling yeah. and running it's like the best part of the triathlon for me is when i get through the swim yeah it's like, oh, my, like gosh, oh my gosh i survive yeah totally <laughs> the rest of this is gonna be a piece of cake yeah but that man that swim whoo I know. In the swim, I'm like, I just tell myself, like, just keep swimming. I feel like Dory in the back of my yeah. head. And I just, like, as soon as I get out of the water, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Totally. That's how I feel. Except uh, for I, like, yeah, so, semi want to vomit sometimes. <laughs> that, I, that won't stop me. I just keep going. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, but so, yes, yeah, so bike racing to, uh, to triathlon. And then. Uh, and then what were you doing, though, in your work life at the time? You had moved to New York City, but you weren't a professional athlete. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, well, um, moved to New York City. I originally, my undergrad was in accounting and finance. And then, um, so I worked as an auditor for KPMG for about three and a half years or so. And then uh, was transferring over, I went over to Goldman Sachs and worked as a controller there, just trying to explore. I never really saw myself going, staying in accounting the rest of my life. And I was trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to do with my life. And I thought that my, the answer was me going into finance. I always was interested in the stock market, always interested in investing and all that stuff. And uh, after working at Goldman, I realized what it took to be successful in that area. And I realized that that wasn't how I was sort of wired. I saw the guys and girls that were wired that way. And I was just like, okay, they're going to be successful. It's not probably the best thing for me. It sounds like you were so good at such a young age at sort of recognizing these kind of things. Because it sounds like you recognized it with running and then you realized it with cycling and... Well, you, at a certain point, you gotta, you have to have a passion for something in the first place, right? Right. And then for, for me, for, we just learn how we, how we tick, right? Yeah. And for me, if, if I'm not into it, if one of I don't think I'm, I, have, I have a natural inclination to be good at it, and, and if I don't have a passion for it, I'm not going to continue doing it. I, it's just how I am. I'm not, it's just not. If I don't like it, if I don't have a passion for it, if I'm not semi-good at it, then I don't want to be there. You were running, you were cycling, and then you started doing triathlon, and you were yep. doing all these things for fun, but you were well, pretty competitive. Yeah, so I, I started doing triathlons. I, the main reason I started doing co- triathlons is I started coaching a triathlon team, Team Lipstick. And okay. that was like, when I was injured, I, I ran into Laura, and Laura was like, you should come coach for me. I'm like, absolutely. I, I've got nothing better to do right now anyways, because I'm injured. <laughs> and so I... Um, and not to mention, like, I, it was just a great, re- and that's when I, a great release for me. I start to realize how much, how good it felt to help people enjoy athletics as much as I do and to share that experience with other people. And that's really where I fell in love with coaching was working with that team. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I started coaching and I was like, well, this is a triathlon team and I was coaching specifically running. And then she started asking me to coach cycling and even swimming. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, I, I better like. <laughs> get the snuff here and i was like all right i better actually go do a triathlon yeah uh, and granted this is a team of it was all beginners and stuff like that so it's like okay i can i can fake it a little bit here i mean i think with athleticism and sports some fundamental principles that apply to all of these sports so i could see it being yeah. naturally organic for you it's just a little bit of technical stuff yeah the, well triathlon i mean yeah it de- definitely there's a lot you can go crazy on the data right but um but yeah so i started coaching and one of the things that that hit me early as a coach was just like if people are 
if I'm trusting my training and if I'm trusting someone to tell me what to do, then you, that person better know what they're doing and better have a very good reason of why. And so that's when I really realized that I was just like, I need to study, I need to understand what I'm having these people do and why, and have them understand what they're doing and why, so that they're invested in their training as much as I am. Because otherwise we're out there just, just messing around, not accomplishing anything. Right. And that's just a waste of everyone's time. So did you go and get all your coaching certifications? Start Coaching certifications, I, I realized quickly that coaching certifications in the fitness world were very different um, from other professions. And I, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but that's my sort of view on it or how, what I, my experience. And um, I realized that really a lot of your learning came from just picking up books on coaches that have coached and written books and understanding the science behind what how they coached and why, and not trying to recreate the wheel, but instead understand what works for people and why, and let's try to apply that in, in as a coach with your athletes. Instead of recreating the wheel and trying to create something new and different that may or may not work, if you don't understand the underlying science, you should be applying what works. And that's sort of the approach I took. And I started to learn, okay, well, this is why this is working. And everything I'm read, reading about is coming to life, and here's why. And that's that was sort of the approach I took. And that was your first coaching job? Yeah. So you are a cycling and running coach at Peloton, mm -hmm. an Ironman coach, mm -hmm. an NASM certified personal trainer, and an RRCA running coach with your own personalized coaching business. That's correct. When did you turn your passion for training and sport into a career? While I was working in the accounting, in like accounting and finance, uh, coaching became like a nice release. It was like a, a fun hobby. Yeah. And then, um, and then it came, then I had this opportunity to work with my friend on helping develop an international cycling business. And it was just a ver various startups. And I, and I, I realized I was like, wow, you're, you're still pretty young. You're in your, your early twenties. Like if you don't try this stuff now, you're never going to have the opportunity again. Yeah. And like, you're not happy with where you're at right now. So what do you have to lose? And so I pulled the plug on that career and I said, let's, let's go try this. Let's see what can happen. And I was really lucky to, to work with such a great, one of, my, one of the best bosses I ever worked for was at Goldman. And he, and he, I was ready to go six months in there. there I was like, I'm done. Like I, I just, I see the writing on the wall here. Um, and he was just like, please stay here. Let's work this out. We need you like, let's, and, and so like, not only do we need you, but let's, let's work our way out of this. And, and think about this thoughtfully. And so when you're ready to go, you have it all set. And he really helped me uh, leave and, and have everything set when I left. And so I wasn't bleeding cash left, right, and center. That's so <laughs> nice. Do you still talk to him? We talked for a long time, but then he ended up moving out west. And I actually worked with his son for a bit. But then uh, we, we, we have lost touch. But I, need to re I, need to, I should reach back out to him. Yeah, it sounds like an inspirational like he role a, model for you in your life. I mean, he's some like big-time CFO now, I believe. And then what was your... And then we met when yeah, yeah. you started uh, coaching at Mile High Run Club. Yep. And mm -hmm. that was when we had connected. And then all of a sudden, like your whole world just kind of exploded because you were working with a very famous celebrity. Yeah, that was wild. At that point, I left the accounting world and the finance world. And I was figuring out what I was going to do with my life. And uh, I decided I was going to go to med school. And so I was at a postback program at NYU uh, to go to med school. And Mile High Run Club was like, okay, well, I sort of helped them get started. Their business started as one of their first coaches. And then they introduced me as to Lena Dunham. And that was exciting to work with her, to help her get ready for an episode of her show, Girls. Yeah. And it, all it took was one post on social media. And yep. our phones at our PR company were blowing up because they were, everybody wanted to interview you from People Magazine to Yahoo. At yeah. the time, there was Yahoo and us weekly and that I don't know, yeah, like wild. everyone, all the paparazzi. Um, and you really did help her run though. I mean, she really, like that was a really, for you, it was a big life changing experience, but also yeah. for her. So that's yeah, no, cool. it was a huge life changing experience for me. That was the point at which I realized that having left the accounting world and never really thought of fitness as a career, I never really, uh, there was just, it just didn't seem like there was many career opportunities there. And you were going to medical school. And like, so I, I decided to go to medical school. And then I realized that after that experience of just everything blowing up with Lena Dunham, I was like, wow, you, you probably could make a career here. 
And that's when I realized that how things were actually changing for me. That one experience definitely changed my mind on everything. And, uh, and that set me up for what later came. After coaching Lena Dunham and having the, that post sort of blow up my world, I realized how, how big this could be. And so it was the first time in my, my life that I actually was just like, okay, this, there might actually be a career here. I was definitely not sold. And like I had been working on a number of other ideas, but that's the first time where my, my mental thoughts around things started to shift. A number of things, you know, I'd launched an app. And so we had worked on the streaming fitness front. I realized that I was a better, uh, instead of being a CEO, I thought I, I thought I was a better content creator. And so, um, when, when the decision came between med school or, or um, continuing with my app, I decided that med school was a better bet. And then out of nowhere, a former investor's wife referred me to the content team at Peloton. And they came out. And over a course of like six months, I eventually got recruited by Peloton. And I also got accepted to med school. And I realized that I had to make a choice. And I decided to go with Peloton because, I, you know, I, my whole goal is, is wanting to make a difference in people's lives and to, to do something good for the world. And that's, and I figured that this would be a, a better opportunity for me. Yeah. I mean, that's really amazing that you were able to have that clarity in thought and be able to make that decision. I mean, you are really a content person and, but you also have that numbers background, which is something that I really like about your training also. It's just like really thinking about things in heart rate, power. And then when you started working at Peloton, I thought it was an interesting learning curve for you because you had always been someone who was kind of behind the scenes. And then when we were working together with Lena Dunham, that was pretty big and yeah. put you very much in front of the scene. I mean, I know you've had lots of celebrity clients besides Lena in your career, yeah. but you've never really, you're always behind the scenes. You're always doing the coaching. And the yeah, I always, I always enjoyed sitting at my desk and and thinking about the why and creating creating the training plans and you know I, I think back to this time I used to teach at a Compu Trainer studio and I'd sit there and I'd have five or six computer screens plus of everyone's data in the entire class up on a screen and I could sit out there and, and know everyone single every single FTP where everyone should be in the class what their exact output should be and I could sit there and yell at people like a trader on a trading floor <laughs> and that's <laughs> but that was like the perfect world for me and I love that and being able to know that level of detail of, of where each athlete should be but understanding the why and the science behind what they're what we're having people do was was very important to me when we were working together, it was really early days of social media. And now it's obviously huge. And you were sort of, you know, I was saying before that you were kind of a behind the scenes, you know, geeking out on oh, numbers yeah. and science. And all of a sudden you had photos taken and you were working at Peloton yeah. and you had to build your Instagram following. And it was like, what was going through your mind at that time when you had to like do that? Oh, man. I, yeah. When we think of, you know, when you, when you think of like what your talents are, what comes easy to you, social media and branding and all that stuff, not easy for me at all. <laughs> and after our experience together, like I quickly realized, I was just like, wow, this is not my forte. <laughs> and it's, it's, that's why it's like, you need help in that area for sure. Coming to Peloton made me like, you know, working with people like Robin Arzon, you know, Ali Love and, and the entire team really, they're, they're all so fantastic at branding themselves knowing who they are and presenting themselves well and marketing themselves on social media. It was a big eye-opener, and I, and I realized, I was just like, this is no longer a nice-to-have. This is, you have to have. Like, this is part of your job, and, like, you need to, to figure this out. And I start to think about all the things I said in classes during coaching about what's actually important to me when I coach a class, and, and that became sort of my brand. And that's so where my brand is, came from. <laughs> what is important to you when you coach a class? Well, it's, you know, some of the things I always say are training hard, training smart, and having fun. And that really sort of distills how I look at training. And like, I'm probably the most no frills coach, I think, out there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, because I'm just, you know, it, 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 to me as an athlete, my, my background as being as an athlete is like, I'm there for a reason. If, if there's no reason to be here, then I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, but if there's a reason to be here, if we're going to accomplish something, then let's do it. And why are we here? What are we doing? Let's do it. Go. And that's sort of how my approach is to coaching. Amazing. And so, and, and I feel like is that, that's also your approach to life and career and everything else. Yeah. You know, it's try to keep things simple so that we can, I can, you know, I can focus and achieve it and do it. But yeah. And, and that's, that's how I decided with my brand. And, um, and, uh, that's the image I try to sort of project and, and I try to help, you know, 
make, you know, my brand is I, I really want to help people be the best versions of themselves and to help them accomplish and achieve their goals. Like as a coach, what makes me tick is when I, when people come up to me and tell me they, they're able to achieve their goals or I change their life in some kind of way, like that to me is just everything. That's more fulfilling than anything I could have ever done. And you also like, how so. did you find your brand? Like, how did you tap into that and realize like that was what your brand was? Well, you, you have to start making posts, right? right. You, you need to start marketing yourself. And that, that was something I was never good at, but I realized I started, I needed to do it. What kind of messages do I want to send? Well, what are the common messages? What are the common things people are struggling with? And having a personal coaching business where I work with individuals, I have a general understanding of, of what people are dealing with. And so it's like, okay, well, let me see if I can send messages to people that will help them. That what, what, is most, what are most people struggling with? And that's where I try to, to, to keep my messages around. You know, training hard, training smart, having fun, but training smart, how to train smart. And so really, if you look at my, my, all my posts, it always comes back to training hard, training smart, having fun. If you can, you can see how that all sort of I love seeing your Instagram messages. Like <laughs> I love your posts on Instagram where you know, it's like this really awesome photo and then you click on it and it's like some inspirational quote for the day or saying, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, well, those things always help me. Like even in the morning when I'm getting ready to do my workout and I'm having those, those moments of hesitation and thoughts about, you know, well, I really should do this or do that. And then I'll see like your posts or some other yeah. friends of mine who are trainers or coaches that are like posting on Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, I got to get out the door. <laughs> just do it like stop well, thinking about it yeah that's the thing is like I want, I want people to, to come to me and know that I'm going to help make them better yeah I think that that's pretty clear from from your posts and then also from training with you I mean yeah <laughs> that's my goal so, well good I'm glad, that, I'm glad that comes across so I want to like talk a little bit about your training and you know what you're doing at Peloton some of the classes and and a little bit about your training philosophy because you're probably one of the only coaches I know that I would probably come to to say I want to train for the marathon but I also want to keep doing triathlon and sort of you understand that like headspace that someone might be in where they love running and they want to run but they also want to train for a triathlon and being able to sort of periodize the training and prioritize what the races are. I really do like the way that you approach training where you sort of really come forward and ask someone like, what are your goals? What's the next six months? What's the next year? Like, what are you hoping to achieve? And then sort of like you go back from there. Like, it's almost like a brand strategy. Yeah, no, it's, and that's, that comes back to, you know, coaching. One, one of the things you learn as a coach is that each individual is different. And, um, and so the other thing is, is that most people, unless they're a professional athlete, they have jobs, they have other, other pools in their life that, that they need to dedicate time towards. And so the training that gets done is the training that complements one's life. And if we can make, take it a step further and make it fun and, and engaging, then it'll really get done. And my goal is to help the athlete achieve their goals, right? So that's, so it's like we first take a look at what they want to accomplish, um, you know, and then think about the physiology of, or, or how we're going to get there. Uh, what, do we need to, we do, what do we need to do to get there? And then we think about taking that and meshing it with the person's life and saying, okay, here's, here's what you have available. Here's how we can fill that time productively so that you are doing something that's going to work towards you achieving your goal. And here's how it's going to work. And that way we have a very clear plan of where we are now, where we need to get to, and what we're going to do to get there. And that gets investment on my side and your side as an athlete, as coach and athlete. And, and having communication between the two is, is key. So with my coaching service, we, we always have a talk every week, uh, at least 30 minutes. And just to touch base, to go through the data of what, what you did, what's, coming, what's on deck for this week, what you're going to do, why and all that stuff. And life happens. And like, that's why it's like every once in a while we need to make adjustments. No, no, there's no perfect plan. Plan gives us a general idea of where we're going, which is good. Gives us some, some guardrails, but it, sometimes the plan needs to be adjusted. And that's where we have those conversations. You do that for running and triathlon, correct? Right now we're just doing running. So it's bringing in coaches with me to help me with the business because my number one priority is, is of course Peloton. But at the same time, with the athletes that we bring in for coaching, uh, I have other coaches that work with me and I can help oversee programming and get them pointing in the right direction. And then every other week, get to catch up with my coaches, make sure that we're, 
we're heading in the right direction. We're achieving what we should be achieved. Answer any questions. Also getting on the phone with the athletes is important. Every, like I try to get on the phone with someone at least every week, every other week, just to make sure I know what's going on in the loop. But in the general overseeing programming and putting things in the right direction to make sure we're achieving our goals. That's perfect. Sounds like a, a good CEO. It's, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> It's fun though. Talk to me a little bit about your classes at Peloton because I know yeah. there's some like exciting new programming that, oh, yeah. speaking of Peloton, you have this power zone training program that you're working on. Discover Your Power Zones program is a, is a four-week program for beginners that want to get into power zone training. And so power zone training, the, once you get past the initial, how does this work? You're hooked. You're in. That's just how it is. And because it's a, such a great way of training. It's all based off of your performance. It's really for it. It sounds daunting. It sounds big, but it's really not. It's a great way for everyone to train because it's all based on your performance and quantifying where you're at and quantifying how far you've gone when your fitness has improved. So the, the whole way the program works and empowers and training works is you get a read on, or you get a benchmark on where someone's fitness is at basically by doing what's called FTP test, which stands for functional threshold power. And after that test, you're, you have zones that are based off of your performance in that test. And so once your zones are set, you train using those zones. You come to classes, uh, you do classes consistently for about four weeks uh, using those zones. And then you take your test again, the same test you took at the beginning, the same FTP test. And within four weeks, I'm 99.9% sure you're going to see an improvement. And then you can see quantified how far you've come within four weeks. So powers and training, so you take your FTP test, and the goal is, of course, to, to record your highest average output, right? And then from that, you have certain percentage ranges that determine your zones. So you take your test at the beginning, you take your test at the end, and the difference is, is how far you've come. Your average output on the 20-minute test in the beginning, average output in the 20-minute test at the end is how far you've come. And then every time you take a test, your zones are then updated to where your current fitness level is at. Got it. Of course, in... Powers and training can get highly, highly technical. And, yes. But the cool thing is, is that it's, it really works. So it's a class that you're teaching in a way that you're teaching at Peloton, but it's also something that athletes and cyclists, it's the same thing as power, like you're training power zones. Mm -hmm. And you're probably holding on to a certain percentage of FTP, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. And, and in power zones, each power zone is a range of percentage range of FTP. FTP being you know, the average output you could sustain for about an hour. And really we just do the, the FTP test, the 20 minute test to figure out, to estimate what that is. Tell me about your classes. So there's Sorry. the powers on training ones, which is like, okay, we're, we're training towards achieving specific physiological changes. Then there's my fun first classes, which are like, okay, theme rides based on music. It's my, my best attempt of, of just letting go and having a good time. And at the same time, they are a boatload of fun because it's, you know, I call my resistance and cadences. You can go along with me or you can go above me or below me. You can race on the leaderboard if you want. And they're, they're a boatload of fun as well. And, and people can take your class in New York City in person, yes, in they, real time. They can. They can. Uh, or they can watch you on the, on the app. Yeah, or they can take it on the app or, or we can, they can even take the class live on the app, which is super cool. Now, my, one of the things I love to do is I love to go in the app and we can give each other high fives. Oh, yeah. So I see, I see people riding my rides all the time and I go in there and give them a high five, which is fun. Yeah. And then what are some of the other classes? So there's the fun first and then there's fit, fitness first. I, I, that's how I pull it in my, in my head and we sort of talk about things. Uh, so my powers and rides are the, the highly structured rides where we're focusing on using power zones to guide intensity. Then there's the fun first ride, or the more the theme rides. And then there's sort of the rides in between, which are like, wait, I, they're also essentially fitness first rides, but hit rides, Tabata rides, things like that, uh, which are sort of a, a blend of the two. It sounds like you're having a lot of fun. It's a blast. I love yeah. it. I, I love mean, I've it. come to, I've taken your class a couple of times there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And then I was also the, the tread workouts. Yeah. Tell me about the tread workouts. Cause I have not done that yet. Oh, the Peloton. tread workouts are, our, our treadmill, I am obsessed. Okay. I, I love it. I'm going to be addicted because when I get on a good treadmill, it's yeah. like game over. Having run on treads my whole life, I'm like, uh, this one's awesome. I love it. And you, I can, that one is on, uh, on Christopher Street. Yes. Yeah. So I'll have to come visit. Are, you, are your treadmill classes, like how are they structured? How does it work? Like what's the format? Well, yeah, there's, there's a ton of different variety. Okay. Ton of, there, we have everything from walking classes to walking, running classes, to running classes, to, to boot camp, to everything. But me specifically... 
I coach mostly uh, race prep classes as well as some fun first classes, which are more of like a conversational pace run. Well, what else is there? Some strength classes, all kinds of stuff. No, there's tons of classes at Peloton. Yeah. But I mean, also, but now you introduce this new audio marathon training program, yes, right? Which yeah. is very cool. Are you, and you're one of the coaches that yes. Obsessed people with this can program. download. Obsessed. Yeah. I love so it. tell me a little bit about that. 18 weeks, periodized uh, program, audio based only, audio, audio only for the running component. There are videos. Uh, we do have incorporate strength work in it. Uh, so Rebecca Kennedy, Andy Spear, and Andy Spear, they did a fantastic job of creating strength workouts that complement the periodized running program. And so those are video, but everything else is audio-based. And it's it's amazing because as a coach, say you, Marnie, you come to me for a marathon training program. I'm going to hand you this ridiculous paper or spreadsheet or whatever of, of instructions of what to do. Mm-hmm. We're taking that out. Our, what we're doing is we're coaching you through a periodized program, through very structured, well-thought-out program that we've already done all that, that groundwork for you. It's already done, but all we're doing is just make it easy. You just show up, put your earbuds in, and go run, and it's all set for you. And it's all laid out for you in the app, everything. And there's different levels, like if you have done a marathon before. Yep. Yeah, that's well, great. Well, it's all customized based off of race pacing. So we talk okay. about race pacing in, yes. in the workouts. So, of course, if you're a more elite marathon or etc you're gonna have faster paces so you can easily customize it to based on your pacing needs but if you're a first time marathoner often say just run for this amount of time that's really all you have to do is just run for this if you're focusing on just completing the marathon just run for the given amount of time a day and that and you're you're good uh but the nice thing is we're able to in addition to to providing a periodized structured plan we're also able to provide tips on the one along the way in every single class provide effective warm-ups all these like from nutrition to you name it, tips along the way. So it's really much more than just a training plan. That's so awesome. It and sounds I'm, really great. It's, I think it's the best thing ever. <laughs> like, that, that's so cool. amazing. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like really fun. I mean, I think, you know, a combination, I think it's it's nice to kind of like just get up and, and go for a run. And like when you're on a run, it's nice to hear advice or tips yeah. or things you should be doing, you know, especially if it's long, slow distance. It's like yeah. having your coach in your ear. Yeah. Like I used to, when I used to coach teams all the time, I would go out to a practice and we, we would all be training for whatever race. And I'd have to go run from person to person to person and give them a little bit, each person a little bit of feedback. We maybe do a talk at the beginning and talk at the end. Yeah. And then I'd be answering emails all day long. See, you're a really good coach because not a lot of <laughs> coaches do that. You know, really, you are very dedicated to your craft. So that's like... Yeah, you have to be. A, that's awesome. And so speaking of being a good coach, like what's your typical clientele for, I would say for Peloton, for your classes, okay. for maybe beginners, is it athletes, is it, uh, we get you know, everyone? All levels. All levels, all right? All levels. And it's, this is some of the things I try to, I like to highlight on my Facebook page uh, is the success stories we've had from the breadth of, of audience, from beginner, beginner, from never having touched done anything athletic in their life to an Ironman triathlete or even pro athletes on there. And that's, it's just like the entire spectrum. Yeah. It's, which, I mean, it's I think, really cool. I think Peloton has done a tremendously amazing job at getting people who normally might not be into fitness or yeah. into indoor cycling to get on board and buy a bike or take a class. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like some of the people that have told me that they have Peloton bikes at home. Yeah. I would never even a million years think they would, they would own something like that. Yeah, so it's well, amazing. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's definitely fun. And it's, I'm lucky to be part of such a great team. There's a, we have, you know, there's a, a lot of people that are behind the scenes that make things happen there. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> I mean, speaking of training and that cool program, yeah. I'd love to hear, you know, back to Matt Welpers and your, you know, one-on-one coaching. I'd love to hear a little bit about your philosophy. Again, I was like hanging out on your website. the other Oh, yeah. Day. Yeah. Uh-oh. You know, I'm sorry to my listeners who have no idea what I'm talking about, but I seriously want to talk to Matt about TSS, which Uh-oh. is... Training stress scores. And fitness levels, because I know that there are probably many people that are listening that are athletes and maybe they already know the answer to this, but I definitely don't. So I want to know one, like talk to me a little bit about TSS and like what it is. And I know you, when you're a triathlete, you have a coach and you train or you download a program and you use something called training peaks, Mm -hmm. which 
is essentially a dashboard for your fitness for the entire year, for your entire life, for as long as you're doing races. Yeah. And within that, coaches will, well, maybe you can talk about how it works so that you could explain TSS. Well, yeah. Well, the, I mean, TSS is, uh, you know, it goes back to Hunter Allen and Andrew Coggan, who essentially wrote the book on this um, called Tra- Training and Racing with a Power Meter. And TSS, Training Stress Scores, is just a metric that uh, that they developed. And they, they first sort of, not sure if they actually developed, I, I believe they have, but they're the first ones that have communicated in a way that the public can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know if the public understands yeah, it. Yeah, and it's deep. It's deep. Uh, the, the math behind it gets interesting. But at the same time, the, at the end of the day, the goal of, of what a training stress score is, is to quantify how hard a, cla- a workout or a class is. And for to give the athlete the ability to monitor how much training stress they're putting on their body over the course of time and within one workout. And so it's, uh, it's a really useful metric to, to monitor. So do you know, like when you're putting a workout in training peaks, what the TSS will be in the end or? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, training peaks is one of those platforms that, that, um, when you, you, you can build workouts in there and it'll calculate it for you. And I've definitely taken advantage of that, especially for, uh, clients and everything else and it's um yeah with when you're building out a strategy for a training plan whether it's a runner or a triathlete you build out the program based on their race in different periods of time right so is there like a number you should be hitting weekly depending on where you're at in the training cycle like how does that work yeah it 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 really depends again this goes back to each athlete right the cool thing about tss is that you can start to identify patterns okay with without having data on an athlete you really you have to you have to start with just the basics and just get data on the on the athlete and, and do what you think is right for the athlete but once you start pulling in data from the athlete including uh, how they're performing at certain TSS levels, et cetera, you can start to see patterns. And like, okay, how are they recovering from, from, from a workout of a certain TSS, et cetera? And when are they performing well versus when are they performing poorly? And sort of the goal is to, is to basically um, help that athlete so that they're usually trained for an event to peak at the right time. Right. And that's what TSS, one of the things that helps you identify is like, okay, what are the patterns of, of what what makes this athlete tick? Right. Um, what do they respond well to? What do they not respond well to? And how can we plan to get this athlete to perform at a peak at the right time? So when I'm training for a triathlon, a lot of the time my longer bikes will have a higher TSS and my yeah. swims will have no TSS, like 20 or something really sad. So, you know, like my run today was eight miles and it was 88 TSS. So like, is there something like an eight mile run should be like 150 TSS and I did not perform at my best or am I inventing this stuff? Well, yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, like I guess this, you know, an all out effort for an hour is like hundred TSS. Right? Okay. It's all relative to like that. Um, and it, again, it comes back to TSS just quantifies how difficult the workout is right. relative you, to your FTP, yeah. et cetera. Um, right. So, but it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you insight into what you're actually doing during that workout. Okay. And that's, that's a totally different thing. So it's like, you can have a hard workout, but how hard is it in a specific way that you're trying to achieve? Like, are we doing one minute intervals? Are we doing three minute intervals? Are we doing 10 minute intervals? Right. That's, and each one of those can have a different result. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't like, it could be eight miles and it was just like, like eight miles could be a hundred. It could be 20. It depends on how I do the eight miles. And and that's the thing is like, you have to come out, you like what a coach does at the end of every week is they see, okay, what's the total TSS we're looking at for this week? How does this relate to previous weeks? How does this relate to where we want to go? And that's, it's just a measure to help you make sure that you're not overloading the athlete with too much. I've never really, yeah, I've never really looked at that as a metric. Like I look at time. So, you know, when I'm in a good space and I'm training for a half Ironman, I am training, you know, at at a base level, like 10 hours. I mean, I'm not a hardcore athlete, so I'm not doing 16 or 25 hours a week of training, but I'll do like, you know, for me, 10, 12, it's manageable. Eight is like a really low, bad week when I'm like not doing well. Yeah. But I just look at the time. When I've been self-training, which is a very dangerous thing to do, and I, <laughs> I know that. But, you know, I, 
I've been doing this for eight years. So I have like, I can basically get myself by. There's no excelling or PRing or anything like that. But (laughs) I know that I can. There's no excelling or PR. No, it's just (laughs) basic. I'm going to finish the race kind of thing because I know that if I do you know, X amount of time of a bike of for the week or for running or, you know, I, I just yeah. go by time and hopefully the distance somehow gets in there. Yeah. <laughs> but I also look at heart rate and that's just like me. But the other number that I'm obsessed with is my fitness level, which is something in training peaks that a lot of coaches will talk about your fitness level. Like it gets uh-huh. higher and your fatigue Oh, oh yeah. Level, okay. Yeah. It's, like it's, fitness level and fatigue. Yeah. So when you're about to do a race, like your fitness level yeah, should makes, be a certain number. Yeah. It's form. It's Fit, your form. Form equals fitness plus freshness. Right. So it's how fit you are versus how fresh you are. And so you, yeah. CTL, ATL, all that stuff. Yeah. So sad. I think this training piece is a great program for yeah, great. someone to see your dashboard of like your workouts and perform. Yeah. Performance per- management chart. I think they call it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, m- most of the clients we're dealing with right now are running based. So is it the same thing or it's totally different running? We we're not really doing much with power just yet. Running power is making its way into running. Yes. I haven't gotten quite comfortable with everything yet from an outdoor perspective. So get my, my feet wet. And once I'm comfortable with it, then I think we'll, we'll get there. But yeah, the, 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 the data, the literature is, is, is getting there. Power with running. I had somebody, I was talking to somebody about that the other day. And then I read an article in Runner's World about power with running. And there is now like devices. Oh, Stride. Yeah. Stride. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's some really cool technology coming out. And, it, but the, again, it's, it's data and it's data it's collecting data without knowing what the data means or how to or how to use the data. You got to know what to do, and that's what we're sort of we're working on it. And you're a data guy, like yes. you're big into data and science and numbers. Yeah, Whereas, well, yeah. I, I yeah, relative to some people I know, not at all. But <laughs> so, right, but I, I do I do enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, because I know some coaches are like, go out, take off your watch, go on feel, and I think yeah. I don't know, like that does not. Well, that's the thing is, as one of the things is you learn as a coach, and one of the things we we do in our athlete uh, profile reviews of each athlete is we take a look at what what the person has, what technology they have, and what do they like to look at? What, yeah. what what would they like to use? Is it heart rate? Is it power? What is it? And and then we we try to cater the training towards that. At the end of the day, we're trying to quantify intensity and be able to to speak to the athlete and know, okay, here's what's expected of today's workout. How do we quanti- how do we um, explain intensity? How do we communicate intensity? Uh, whether it's pace, whether it's heart rate, whether it's power. And that's, it's just another tool to use. So power has been like monumental in cycling. And, but at the same time, there's lots of people that, that uh, go with heart rate. Uh, heart rate, especially in triathlon, is very useful. And there's a lot of platforms that are based only on heart rate. There's on um, what they call perceived effort, scale yeah. one to 10, scale one to five. <laughs> that's like, always like when my coach puts that in my training peaks and I'm like, yeah. perce- what is a perceived effort? Like, is it what I think I should be running, what I'm going to run or what I yeah. want to run. Like, cause those are three really different things. The nice thing is, is that we're, you know, technology is making its way into fitness. It's changing fitness quite significantly. Yeah. And I, what I love about it is that the, the more we're able to, to quantify and model things out, the, the better advice we can provide as coaches. Yeah. And I, that's what I'm so excited about. And that's why I love reading this stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What about, so are you doing any races, like personally? Like, what do you have coming up? Man, uh, I got, uh, this year I'm, I'm doing the New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. Last year I had sort of a blah moment. I, 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 over, I over, like, it, as a coach at Peloton, we're doing the workouts, right? Right. And so training for a race for me is, is tough because you can never really, I, I like to push myself, like, push myself right. to it to to achieve new fitness level etc and then i go coach a class and then boom my legs are shot or whatever right. and so it's really hard for me to to manage my own training and in racing as well so for me it's i've i've kind of put racing on the the back burner i'm doing the new york city marathon just to have some fun with it but last year i i overdid a little bit and got myself injured before the new york city marathon so i didn't get to run it so like how do you prevent injury as an athlete who yeah. is very determined I think that's very common, especially yeah. in serious athletes that like just want to do the race. You just have to take a step back. 
obviously you've got injured so you didn't yeah. take that step well, back yeah but. i mean like the, the other thing is i mean it's but you didn't do the marathon did you yeah no i didn't do the marathon okay, last well, year but i mean i've done plenty of marathons but it's i really want to do new york city and i'm going to do it this year now the way you start you, you, you avoid injury is one listening to your body and two like looking at what you're doing and and making sure that that's okay it makes sense and then three is you know doing a lot of preventative work stretching strength work mobility work that kind of stuff foam rolling helps for sure for me it's i'm focusing more on this i've i focus a lot more with with having to coach a lot on the bike and on the tread i focus a lot more on strength work for yourself or with other people or both for myself okay. and so i i have my own strength coach who writes all my workouts because as a coach i've learned it's so helpful to have someone else take an outside view of you and say okay here's here's what i see here's what let's try this and have a different perspective on your training and it's been amazing. It's been so amazing. And like, and that's, I'm a coach. I, I could easily write this stuff for myself, but at the same time, like that having this, uh, my, my friend do this with me, it's been like really eye opening. And so it's changed. And so I've been doing just focusing a lot of my strength work and fitness work in addition to like running and cycling and everything else. So New York city marathon, any triathlons? Uh, I was supposed to do a triathlon with my mom and then she had a, she had a back out on me because she's just like, I couldn't get the training in. I'm like, I, it's, she had a lot of, uh, health stuff come up so it was of course it's like oh, of course it's 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 fine but what, not, what distance were you guys going to do we were just going to do a little sprint but um but no I'll, I'll get back out there but the, the thing is is just i'm so excited about what i'm doing with work that's my name my main focus and then um of course keeping my fitness together and a lot of my traveling my family is i have family in spain i have family in georgia i have family in ohio and so anytime i get off work i really want to go spend time with them and so that's, you know, we don't, I don't have forever off from work. So that's, that takes up a lot of my time and I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> and where's your sister in Ohio? Oh no, my sister lives in Spain. Oh wow. Yeah. Really? My sister lives in Spain and they, uh, her and her husband, two, my niece and my nephew, they're eight and 10. Oh, so you definitely want to go to Spain and hang out with your yeah, niece and nephew. Yeah. It's just like, especially, you know, growing up, like them growing up and everything else. Like I just want to be a part of that. So it's, I, a lot of my time is spent visiting family. Is they athletic too? They're insane. My sister played soccer in college, and now she's running these ultra marathons through the mountains. Like these, she measures her performance, her runs in terms of altitude, how much altitude she's covered. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's and, always some like cool thing out there that you can do to yeah. take your fitness to the le- next level. And, yeah, I might. I just went and visited my family. They came. They visited Ohio, where my extended family lives. And my niece and my nephew, eight and ten years old, went on a ten k run with me. If you would have asked me to run on a 10K when I was their age, I laughed at you. <laughs> There's no way. So they're, so they're awesome. amazing. What career advice would you have for an athlete looking to get into coaching and how they could market themselves? Well, yeah, if they're looking to get into coaching, I can explain things, how it worked for me. And, and then if it works for you, great. If not, at least it's one perspective. But worked for me when I was putting together my coaching business uh, initially was that, uh, you know, I always looked at group fitness as kind of my marketing. It was like my chance to get in front of people and to show them what I knew and how I could help them. And if they wanted to want individual help, I was there for them. And it was just an extra option to give people. And so I always thought about group, like teaching group fitness is fun, but it was, it was like marketing for the, the, the personal training. That's, that's where my personal training business, um, when I, pre-peloton days that's what i was doing and you also get to connect with your consumer connect with your class goer and understand what they need and just like the general like as a group fitness instructor like you really are in the on the front line connecting with consumers that are interested in the sport or the class that you're teaching yeah and 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 the other thing is is of course social media is huge yeah and and it's just like think about what what what's your brand like what's what makes you different and what's what, what really matters to you. And it is it doesn't have to be make what makes you different. I think sometimes we're too obsessed with being different. And I think we just focus on what matters to us and what what makes your what makes your training good. Like what why why would people want to train with you and, and and what really matters to you and and having that projected on social media and that and that and people will find that helpful. For me it's wanting to help people. So Every time I post something, I, I, I want to help people in some way, whether it's to laugh, have a good time, yeah. or if it's like a training tip, 
Um, and that's, and it's just think about why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's like a key, what's a key lesson that you've learned through all of your athleticism that has really helped you with your career? Man, I think the correlations between fitness and your professional life and just all of life, it's, it's just, there's so much there from working hard when it's time to work hard to relaxing when it's time to relax and not meshing it all together. That results in burnout. It results in burnout in your professional life uh, as well as your fitness world. If every workout you do is crazy hard, right? You're eventually going to plateau or burn out. If every day you're just hammering yourself with work, you're going to burn out. (laughs) So you got to have the hard, keep the hard days hard and the easy days easy. And being able to focus, you know, being able to time things right, being able to peak at the right time. Timing is, is like, as we say, is timing is everything. And being able to focus when, when the time is, when it's time to focus. Like if I ever said to you like, oh, how am I going to run faster? You'll say like, just run faster. Oh yeah. Or, you know, things like that. Like, <laughs> me, like I feel like for me, like my thing from running that has helped me with career is goal setting. You can do anything if you want to. Yeah. You just have to do it. Yeah. That's it. It's really simple. I mean, some people, maybe it's not so simple. Maybe they're injured. And that's why if you can do it, you should do it. It's like, there's no excuse. And that's kind of like how I feel about work too. Do what you can. Like, don't not do it because you think you can't do it. Try to do it. Like, do it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and that's, as a coach, one of the, I forget who said it or where I read it, but one of the, one of the things they say is like the coach's job, one of the best, one of the best things a coach can do for their athlete is show them and help them demonstrate to the athlete that the athlete is much more capable of than what they think and help them, have them actually realize that. And that's like, once you realize, once you watch an athlete have a breakthrough moment, it's just like one of those special moments where you're just yeah. like, this is so good. It gives me chills. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any like favorite books that you're reading? Or I'm sure you're like, you've got like an entire library and uh, like your backpack over there. My backpack is usually full. There's a lot of good books. And uh, I just got through the, the new version of training and racing with a power meter. It's a dense read. But if you're if you're into cycling, if you're into analytics, it's you have to have it. I just read this book. I, think, I believe it's called Good to Go. Uh-huh. And there's a right now. There's a bunch of there's all kinds of recovery mechanisms and devices out there, from vibrating foam rollers to this, that, and the other thing. And it was a very interesting read or interesting perspective on. It was trying to you know dive into the science behind what these devices are, what, what they're trying to do, what they actually do. And it's interesting because there's not a lot of science behind a lot of these things, mm-hmm. but they work. And yeah. why is that? A lot of it's placebo. A lot of it is just getting you to sit down and calm down and essentially be in a meditative state to where you're decreasing cortisol levels and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I just thought that the, the views of that book, uh, the ideas and things like I took away from that book were very interesting and very helpful. Yeah. And it was good. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of good books out there in the fitness world. I think that we are just starting to see um, more and more light being shined on fitness as an industry mm-hmm. and fitness as a science. I think that we have a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, and it's just getting started. That's awesome. Well, this has been great. Yeah, it's fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying what you want to hear more of if you have questions for our guests just reach out 